You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Tax season is upon us. This is a very important topic for us to cover on Creating a Brand because there are many tax-saving tips and practices for entrepreneurs and business owners, and even those of us that just simply have a side hustle that we may be missing out on. We may just be oblivious to these things. So if you're filing your own taxes or visiting that friend up the block, you may be missing out on these potential savings that we're going to cover today. And I want to make sure we actually talk to a CPA about this. Today, we're going to be exploring these tax-saving tips for entrepreneurs. And I thought, who better to have a conversation with on this topic than my own CPA, Chris Kolnicki? Chris is the CEO of CPAonthego.com. I mentioned it during this episode, but no one has saved me more money in my personal life and in my business than Chris has. Get ready to take some serious notes and learn how you can begin saving money on your taxes as Chris shares his knowledge with us all today. Here is my conversation with Chris Kolnicki. Chris, thank you so much for being on the Creating a Brand podcast. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this. You are my CPA. So I thought who better to talk about taxes than my guy himself? Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been quite a few years, too. I remember back in the, at your dad's office uh, is when we started about seven years, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah. I remember that you had a you leased a space from a little so you office out there. Office. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I approached you saying, what on earth does a CPA do and how can you help me? Right. That's kind of how the conversation went. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, and some people just don't even know what CPA stands for. Certified public accountant, um, which, you know, is a, is a designation, which basically is a certification that says, you know what you're doing. <laughs> it's, kind right. of, it's kind of like what the, the attorneys pass the bar exam for law. The CPAs pass a CPA exam, um, to be an accountant. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that I had no clue what it was. And that was actually my first question for today. So I'm glad we already got into that. But when I first met you, I was like, I don't, I don't know what a CPA is, but you've explained it to me and you now just explained to the audience, which I think is extremely helpful to start off. Now you actually get that certification where, and how can someone else, like, how, how do you know that it's actually like something really legit when you have a CPA that you're working with? Yeah. So if CPA, um, which is different from the designation, there's an EA designation, which is enrolled agent, um, which Really, you don't have to have any school for you. Just you apply for the exam and you pass the exam with the state to be an EA. Um, to be a CPA, you actually have to go to a public university, go through a certain amount of accounting hours, which I'm not sure they're changing it all the time, but it's definitely a four year degree and then uh, a master's degree for Florida. Then mm-hmm. you have to pass a CPA exam, um, which has four different parts there's a finance part, a um, law and tax part and the audit part and then uh financial accounting part wow uh i'm just gonna say this now thank god that you did that and i didn't have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds like a lot <laughs> yeah but it, it's great now when would you say that someone just for our audience by the way they're creating a brand listener is, is people that have had businesses for a while some of them are just getting started some just side hustles but basically the question i want to ask to start with here really is when should we start working with a CPA instead of maybe just doing our own taxes or even just going to, you know, one of the big tax offices like an H&R Block or something like that? When does a CPA make sense? Yeah, I, I think whenever you start having the plan of doing business, um, if you just have a personal tax return, you can get a lot, you can get away with doing it yourself or taking it to an H&R Block or one of those kinds of tax preparation mm-hmm. services. Um, when you start talking about having a business and really wanting to to grow a business is when you want to talk with a CPA. I mean, 
even if it's just the idea, most CPAs will have a free consultation and be happy to have a conversation with you um, about you know the process of what it would take and the costs and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it, for example, for me, I mean, if somebody calls me up and um, wants to learn a little bit about what they need to do to even get a business set up, um, then the tax preparation part of it, the accounting piece of it, um, I have those conversations all the time with people. We might not even necessarily do business with each other. It's just, you know, I'm happy to help out and point mm-hmm. people in the right direction. And that's great. And that's something that, like you're saying, that you're not going to get on your own. Or if you go to a big tax office where they're just preparing the taxes for you, you're not necessarily going to get into the same type of thing that you're going to jump into with their business. And that kind of separates a CPA from those tax uh, services is the consultation and tax planning versus here's my stuff at the end of the year and, you know, basically prepare a tax return just on some numbers that you give them at the end of the year. Um, When you're working with a CPA, it's more of a, you know, it's kind of a flow throughout the year. Let's look at your financials, see what's going on. And it, you know, it varies on the amount of time that you need to spend with a CPA, um, each, each business and each client. But when you do have a CPA, you're going to have those ongoing conversations through the year instead of just one time at the end of the year. Right. So it's almost like adding somebody to your to your staff or your team, basically. Yeah, really. Right? Yeah, exactly. You nailed it on the head. I mean, you're getting a um, another team member, another uh, person. To, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a board, you know. Uh, in the nonprofit world, you have treasurers that keep track of you know money coming in and out and doing the financial accounting and giving advice. I mean, that's kind of what you do when you hire a CPA. You have someone that can either do the accounting or point you to a bookkeeper that would be good to do the accounting. Um, and then just the consultation of, Hey, we're going to, we want to buy a property. What's it going to take? Like, what do we, how much, what do our financials need to show in order to get a mortgage from the bank? Um, mm-hmm. What are the, what are the typical insurance costs? I mean, cause as a CPA, we were, we're also looking at, I mean, I probably did close to a thousand tax returns this year. And so oh I'm goodness. looking at financials from so many different companies. I know what the typical cost of what insurance should be in a certain industry. And those kinds of, you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of invaluable input um, that you can have as a business owner, because you just don't know. There's so many things to know as a business owner that you're trying to handle. I mean, you got the, the right. administration part, um, the manager role, you have the, going out and getting sales role you have there's so many hats you got to wear as a business owner so really you know having somebody that's on the financial that's that you can be that can be a soundboard for that financial um advisory and tax preparation is a you know it's a good thing to have on your team because i'll tell you what i've been doing this for for 14 going on 14 years and i learn something new every day about the tax law and they're and they're all constantly changing the tax law on a if not yearly basis every four years or so when there's new elections but now basically you're saying that uh, as soon as we decide to incorporate as soon as we have a business it's time to start working with yeah. a cpa do you think there's a certain dollar amount that goes with that or is it basically day one you should really get a cpa in your corner at least have a conversation with somebody who has is a cpa or who has done that kind of 
business setup and tax preparation work. If somebody's like, okay, I need to find a CPA to maybe just have a conversation with, are there different types of CPAs that maybe are industry specific or something like someone they should be looking for that maybe has like a niche focus that they also have? Or is that not really how it works in the CPA world? Yeah, it's helpful. I mean, a lot of CPAs can, you know, do a lot of different industries and different types of businesses. Um, I would say definitely nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You want somebody that has done nonprofit returns and the accounting for nonprofits is quite a bit different than your for-profit businesses. Um, then sp specific industries like construction, there is a whole—I mean, there's a, a whole set of rules that um, are very different than a normal brick-and-mortar business. Once you decide that you're setting up a business or you're in business and you're looking for a CPA, you want to ask your CPA questions. Your industry is construction. Construction clients, do you have? Get a feel if they have dealt with that kind of business before. So basically, you're vetting them like you would when you're adding a team member, like an actual staff team member, you're kind of going through and just kind of someone was going to look for a CPA, do you recommend just jumping on Google and searching? Or is there a certain place people should go to really find quality CPAs? Would the you best, say? I mean, really, the best place is word of mouth. Um, so if you have, mm -hmm. if you know, a friend or acquaintance that is in business, they more than likely have a CPA. Um, ask them, you know, for a reference to their CPA. Um, cause I think that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. The trust, I think the trust is the biggest thing when it comes to finding a good CPA. Um, so yeah, anybody that, you know, that is successful in business or, you know, has, has started a business ask, you know, talk with them and see who they use. Their response is, yeah, I got a CPA, but you know, they're not that, you, I don't really talk to them that much, or they're really not that good. Um, stay away from them. Um, <laughs> Right. But, you know, a lot of times you'll see that if they're been in business for a while, they have a good CPA um, that they're working with. Great. Okay. Now here's the big question that everyone's waiting for. You ready for it? Here it goes. How much does it cost to work with a CPA? Yeah, the cost. So it depends. Again, it all depends on what exactly you're doing. Um, but typically I would say that CPA costs run from about $150, $150 an hour to about $400 an hour. So, um, I mean, a lot of CPAs are getting away from doing the hourly billing to a more of a, this is what I charge for this type of tax return. Um, so, you know, you can look at that. I mean, a, if you're starting off as a small business, um, either an S corporation or a partnership, you're going to be looking at um, about, you know, starting, starting out four to $600 for a business tax return. Um, and then, you know, once you, it all depends on how much data you have and what, how much time it takes to look through everything. So if you've been in business for a while and you have a bigger company, you know, I would say the price range would be from $1,200 to $2,000 for the business tax return. For me, I have to say this disclaimer here because some people, they hear the numbers immediately like, oh man, I'm not making a lot of money yet. Here's the deal. Chris has saved me more money than anybody else has in business. I didn't say made me more money, but has saved me more money yeah. than anyone else yeah. in business. So thank you for that, Chris. But uh, I'm still waiting for you to figure out how to make me more money too, but you haven't gotten there yet. So. And a good benefit of having a CPA is a soundboard also. I mean, I have so many conversations with clients. They're telling me what they're doing. I mean, they're telling me what they plan on doing and I can they can bounce ideas off of me. And I can say, oh, I see, I've seen somebody else do it this way and be successful. Or I've seen somebody else do it this way and they weren't successful. So... Um, there's a lot of valuable information you just learn as a CPA over the years in business, um, that, you know, if you're starting out in business, you just don't have the, you didn't have the luxury of learning. Um, 
So, I mean, I'm talking on a daily basis, I'm talking with, you know, CEOs, CFOs, uh, controllers of different corporations and businesses and, and, you know, just one man businesses that they set up and um, kind of venture off by themselves and do every, I mean, they, some people are really successful at that. I mean, start their business, a marketing business. Um, they do, you know, the admin stuff, the accounting, the, the legal setup, all that kind of stuff. And they're successful. So. No, that's, it's great. I, th- I think it's one thing I want to kind of add to this is you've saved me a lot of money. You've saved me more money than you've ever cost me, if that makes sense as well. And I think that anyone's going to find when they get that right CPA in their corner, the person that can be that soundboard as well, that can kind of be that additional team member, they're going to find it's actually going to save them more money than it costs. It's, you've been worth your weight in gold. So yeah, well, I appreciate that. Creating a brand just launched something new for you. We released 15 online courses on our website, six of which are free and require no registration. Our courses cover a wide range of topics from blogging to podcasting, winning at networking, personal development, and so much more. Ultimately, each course is designed to help you succeed while saving you time and money. I want to challenge you to enroll in one of these courses today. Please visit creatingabrand.com courses to get started. In addition, if you enroll in one of our premium courses, you'll receive free access to all current and future courses, plus a membership to the Creating a Brand community where you can connect directly with me and with other entrepreneurs. If you're ready to take the next step in your life or in business, please visit creatingabrand.com slash courses and enroll today. So I want to transition this conversation here. I want to kind of get into some tax saving tips for entrepreneurs. So people that are maybe already working with a CPA or maybe just kind of getting started in business or wanting to move from a hobby to an actual side hustle or full-time gig. I want to kind of get into some ways we can save some money for those people. So the first question I have is just, are there any immediate tax saving benefits for business owners? As soon as somebody starts or incorporates, is there something they can do immediately to save money? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that we're seeing people save tax money in right now is with, with the, how the tax laws are structured, um, mm-hmm. electing to be an S corporation. And that is probably makes up about 90% of the small businesses right now. Um, electing S corporation, and then you're able to save in self-employment tax um, as a, as a, just filing under your own name as a sole proprietorship um, on a schedule C or filing as an LLC. Uh, every dollar profit that you make is subject to 15.3 of self-employment tax. So, you know, if you make $100,000, you're paying 15300 just in the payroll self-employment tax. Um, mm-hmm. As a Set up as an S-Corp, you get a little flexibility. Um, you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary is what the IRS says. So we always make sure that clients are paying themselves enough salary to, to meet that, taking that $100,000 profit into consideration, you're able to save about five or $7,000 um, wow. right off the bat. Yeah. That's great. Now, what if someone's just a hobbyist? Um, do you think there's something they can still do to, to have some tax savings as well in this area? Yeah, the biggest thing, I mean, there are some rules what the IRS looks at between a business and a hobby. Um, so as far as hobbies go, you can deduct up to what the income that you make, but you, you won't be able to take hmm. a loss. Um, you'll never be able to take a loss, but you can take the deductions on Schedule A. So Chris, just to clarify, what separates a business from a hobby? Yeah, so first of all, I mean, if you are making any income from any type of activity that you're doing, uh, you, you are supposed to report it on your tax return. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest piece is being able to take all the deductions, um, you know, and that's where the big, 
debate of what's a business versus a hobby. And it's not black and white. There is a lot of gray area. Um, but the biggest factor, I mean, the IRS actually you can go on their website. They have a list of about nine or 10 factors. Just Google uh, business versus hobby IRS and you'll be able to pull it up. Um, but one of the biggest things is how you're carrying on the activity. Is it is it in a business-like manner? Um, are you keeping uh, records of you know the income and expenses that are going in and out? Um, and do you intend to make a profit on it? And I think the biggest one of the biggest things is how much time and effort you're spending on the on the activity is what separates mm-hmm. the business versus a hobby. So the le- I mean, if you're only spending like one or two hours a week, that would be probably a hobby. Um, right. You know, and if you are trying to make it your, you know, you're, you're maybe, maybe you're working 40 hours a week, but you're trying to do your side hustle and, and quit your, you know, make enough money to quit your job. You're probably working, you're probably busting your butt and working 20 to 30 hours after your full-time day job, um, to do so. And that would be definitely be a business and you'd be able to deduct, you know, all the, all different expenses that you're taking for the business. Okay. That's good. That makes sense. Now it kind of makes me want to transition to this next question I have here, which is talking about managing books, because I know a big part of tax saving is being able to be ready on your side. So you're not relying heavily on a CPA to like figure everything out for Mm -hmm. you. Um, What's some of the best ways to manage your books? And is that really something important that an entrepreneur should be focused on? Yeah. I mean, that's really important because that's one of the things that the IRS looks at um, in determining if you're a business. Are you keeping records? Um, and how good are those records? So ideally, you know, if you are in business, you want to get some kind of accounting software. Um, you know, I 90% of the people that I work with use QuickBooks. There's also a few other mm-hmm. ones out there. There's Zero and FreshBooks, um, a couple other ones out there. I think the most user-friendly one is QuickBooks. So it's, when you're ready to go in business, you really need to have some kind of accounting software set up. Um, and I, I get it. There's a cost to it. Um, so especially for people who are just starting, I have I, I give them Excel templates that they can record their expenses monthly. Uh, they're in, you know, record mm-hmm. their income and expenses on a monthly basis to make sure they pick up everything. Um, so. Yeah, I get it. The, the, it can, I mean, start a new business, you're having to spend money on all kinds of stuff. So wherever you can right. save, I would say if you, yeah, if you're starting off and you need to save some money, you can use an Excel sheet. I got, there's templates out there on the internet. I got templates. Um, I can even give, I'll, I'll give those templates to you. You can share them with your audience. Yeah, I'll put them in the show yeah. notes. That's perfect. Thank you so, so much. So, yeah. So the biggest thing would be to at least be able to keep track of it on the, on an Excel sheet. You don't want to miss all the expenses. I mean, I, I talk to clients all the time and I'm like, okay, so how much expenses did you have for your, your car? Um, I was like, oh, I didn't keep mm-hmm. track of it. Well, I mean, you really need to keep track of the mileage that you're driving because the majority of the time, a lot of small business owners that are just starting off are going to be able to deduct their, their car mileage that they drive for business purposes. So, And yeah. there's good apps out there. MileIQ is one of the best ones, I think, um, to be able to keep track of that kind of stuff. But then, I mean... Did you buy a computer? Um, yeah, if you bought a computer, I'm I guarantee you're using that for business. I mean, your 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 telephone right. bill. You you got to be calling clients and vendors and suppliers um, with your telephone. So that that's a business uh, expense for you. So being able to identify and then uh, record those accurately is an important uh, not only 
to be in line with the IRS, but just to keep track for yourself to know how much money you're, how much money's going out the door um, to do business. That's one of the biggest tips I would give for people is being able to see, because a lot of people have no idea, did I, did I, did I have a loss for the year? Did I make a little bit of a profit? Um, and they really can't quantify that amount. But when you're keeping records uh, on a weekly, monthly basis, then you can look down at the financials or your Excel spreadsheet and say, okay, so this month I made a thousand dollars profit. The next month I made two hundred dollars profit. Well, what? Why was there a difference? And you can kind of see a trend on what's going right. on there. Yeah, that documentation is is key. But I, like you're saying, I recommend starting with Excel just to save money on the cost. But at some point a service like QuickBooks or FreshBooks actually makes a lot of sense because it's going to end up saving you money because you're not yeah. using your time like you are to log on an Excel spreadsheet. But initially, I do think it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you're going to be sharing those templates with us. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So now if if we're managing our books and we're kind of keeping track of our costs and things like that, again, that's just a good business practice in general. How is that actually going to save us money on on taxes? What is How is that a, a tax-saving benefit for us? Cleaner and better information um, not only for you, but for the CPA or whoever's preparing the tax return, because they can easily spot things that, you know, if I'm looking at a financial statement and I see a typical expense that I should expect for that business missing, or it looks low, I can ask the question, Hey, look, your telephone expense looks way low compared to what it should be, or your insurance expense looks a lot lower. Mm -hmm. Are we sure we captured all that information? Um, so being able to have that, you know, clean data, um, helps you analyze year over year also. I think the next part is um, being able to look at it year over year or month over month, what the differences and trends are for the business um, to see, you know, hey, I spent I spent $1,000 in advertising this month and, you know, my income went up. So, and then I, the next month I didn't spend any money in advertising, but my income still went up. So maybe that's not the case for most people. I think advertising is good and it brings business in the door. Uh, but you can see what's working and not. Maybe that particular advertiser, whoever you're using for advertising, didn't do a good job. And that's why um, you didn't make as much money the next month. In addition, if you're ever looking to pick up investors, they're going to want to see this information as well. The fact that you have these analytics, yes. this, this data on your company, so important. Point. So. Yeah. If you, if, yeah. If you want to have some investors put capital into your business, is either a loan or some kind of equity share that they get in the business, um, then you're going to have to produce some kind of financials so that they can look over it. I mean, I don't know any investor that invests in anything without being able to seek financial reports on the business. Right, of course. Um, and then banks. I mean, if you want to get a loan from a bank, they're going to want to see um, your financials for your business. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah, that's, that's an important uh, point. So I want to drill down a little bit more into a couple of the things we've already mentioned. One of them that you talked about is uh, writing off your, your miles or maybe even your gas, or if you're leasing a yeah. vehicle, when does that apply? It applies right away. If you're doing business, keep, tr- I mean, whatever, whenever you're driving to meet with a client, you're driving to a place, a place of a, um, a, a, a vendor that you need to buy stuff from. Mm-hmm. All those kinds of things keep track of the miles because you can deduct it. I think for 20, they're always changing the rate, but for 2019, it's 58 cents a mile. So, you know, if wow. you drive in, if you drove 10,000 miles for business, you're talking about $5,800 uh, tax deduction right there. Right. That's nice. Now, what if you're an all online business and you don't, you're not necessarily needing the vehicle for anything in particular? Could you still write it off or no? 
you have to use the vehicle for business. So okay. yeah, if you don't, if you don't have to drive anywhere, then uh, yeah, it'd be hard to pick up any mileage um, or auto and expenses for the business. Because you're my CPA, I have to say this. I knew that. I was just asking the question for the audience. So that we're not going to call <laughs> me right afterwards and be like, Alex, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm following the rules here. Now, in addition, if you are going to be traveling for business, do you need to document the trip somehow? Like saying, I drove here for this? That's why MyJogQ is a good uh, app to have because it mm -hmm. keeps track of the business and it'll prompt you to say, hey, you know, really what you want to do is keep track of who you met with and for what business purpose. So. Mm -hmm. And that includes if you're having meals with clients. Um, and really, the, the thing to do would be get, to get the receipt um, and write who you met with. And, you know, it was to what you just, you know, a little sentence about what you discussed. Let's say you're all online, so you don't actually travel for anything. Can you write off a office space within your home, like a room or something like that? Is that possible to do? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have... And there's two ways to do it. There's a simplified method, and then there's a longer form method. Um, the simplified method, I mean, I haven't ever seen any questions about it. When you start doing it, the long form, um, the IRS, I mean, definitely the IRS looks at those a little bit more uh, skeptically. How to take the deduction is to take the square footage of your office space that you use, um, divided by the entire square footage of your house or apartment, um, mm -hmm. and then you'll multiply that by the either the if it's a simplified method it, it stops right there they give you a certain amount of deduction just for the square footage if you're doing okay. it if you're doing the long form method then you take into account the mortgage interest that you pay the real estate taxes uh your electric bills um maintenance around the property and you would divide whatever ratio um that you apportion to the office those amounts. So I'm just going to go with the simplified method because we don't have time to get into the other one. Is there is that actually a substantial savings I'm going to see at the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tend to tend to um, have my clients take that deduction um, as opposed to the other one because it first of all it takes a lot less time. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not even charging for that. If you got to do the long form, there's a lot more work involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking sixteen hundred dollars um, to two thousand. I mean. Depends on the square footage again, but um, definitely people are getting $1,600 to $2,000 tax write-offs um, for their home office based on the square footage. That's great. And do you need to own the place or could you be leasing it as well? You can rent or own. So okay, great. either way is fine. That's a valuable tip right there, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Now, I'm not going to pretend to even know a portion of what you do because you're the guy I ask all the questions to, but are there any other like low-hanging fruit write-offs that maybe we haven't talked about or we haven't considered that you would say are worth mentioning right now? Yeah, the biggest thing like we talked about is setting up the S-Corp because that'll save you right mm -hmm. away. Um, then making sure you keep track of all your deductions. I mean, what anything that you could possibly be using as a business deduction, I mean, um, you really you really need to keep track of, um, you know, then, then the next part is more of the tax planning throughout the year as your business grows. When is it time to set up a retirement account in your business? Because that's huge tax deduction. Um, you know, when do you put your wife on payroll? When does that make sense so you can save some money? When 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 should you put your kids on payroll? What, can I put my kids on payroll? The answer is yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you can put your kids on payroll and it is a good tax deduction. Um, you know, take advantage of non-cash contributions that you make. So if you have um, inventory or you have, you know, things in your business that you'd want to give away or, or even personal, 
even just for a personal tax return. Um, if you have things that you take to Goodwill and or Salvation Army, keeping track of that, non-cash donations is a good deduction. Maximizing, uh, like we talked about, maximizing the, your auto deductions. When is it best to buy the car in the business name versus personal name so you can put it on there and, and depreciate it? And right now we have mm-hmm. 100%. New tax, new tax laws is 100% bonus depreciation for any vehicles over 6,000 pounds. So um, we have a lot of clients that are buying SUVs and writing, writing it off. Um, and because the, they use it for, I mean, you got to use it for business. You can't just buy, buy course, a car right. and, and uh, deduct the whole <laughs> thing. But if you use, I mean, if you're right. using that for business, uh, you can deduct. So if you're talking about a $60,000 car that you buy, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty nice deduction. Um, and right. you can write it out. I mean, even if you finance it, you can you can deduct it um, as a business expense right off the bat. Um, so the different bonus depreciation rules uh, with big equipment that you buy, um, you know, what type of entity should you set up to, you know, best suit your tax purposes to be able to save the most in tax? Uh, making sure you take advantage of all the all the credits that are out there, whether it be energy credits, um, childcare credits. Now they have a new. Uh, QBI deduction, which was a new tax law that was passed in, uh, for tax year 2018 going forward um, until, you know, stay out of politics, but the tax law that was passed is saving people money um, as far as, you know, business um, and personal, even personal tax rates are down. So taking advantage of those tax rules now um, with a new QBI deduction, which is basically any qualified business income, you get a 20% deduction on your personal tax return from it. So you just mentioned a ton of points there. I mean, that's a lot. And a, a CPA is going to be able to really drill down into those things with somebody, right? Yeah. And there's just so many things to know. Like I said, I'm learning stuff every day. I mean, I, a guy that I used to work with uh, who had been in the business for 40 years told me he learned something new every day. So so there's constant, the tax laws are constantly changing. There's so much information to know. Um, yeah. So that's what it definitely benefits you to to get a good CPA that knows uh, that's been around that knows what you know that's seen a lot of things. I I, I guarantee if you talk anybody that's been in the business for you know at least ten years um, has seen something, if not the exact same, something similar to your situation. No, that's great, Chris. This was a really insightful conversation. I think a lot of people are now thinking about getting a CPA of their own in their corner. Again, I'm thankful for you being my CPA and as you're learning something new every day and sharing it with me as we go along in this journey together. I just want to say thank you again and for just sharing this wisdom today, man. This was really helpful for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. Chris shared so much information with us during this episode. You can tell that he is a high quality CPA that really understands taxation. And that is the point of this episode. I want us all to be thinking, if we don't have a CPA, start thinking about getting a CPA in your corner, adding them to your team because it's so important because they're going to save you a lot of money from a tax perspective. One thing I want to highlight that Chris mentioned, he was talking about his Excel spreadsheets to help keep track of your books and how in turn that can help you save money on taxes. We have those ready for you to download for free. They're in the show notes. And one more thing I want to mention about Chris. He is a member of the Creating a Brand community, and he's always offering tax-saving tips and just offering help to any other member of the Creating a Brand community. It's great having a CPA in there on our side. So thank you for that, Chris. And also, thank you so much for just sharing all of your wisdom throughout this episode. I'm very thankful for how much you've saved me personally and in my business life. For show notes, including Chris's Excel spreadsheets, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you for listening. I'll be back with you next week for another episode.